Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona, Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, hey guys, welcome to Thursday night edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. Hey, I'm live here at the Fan Zone this weekend, guys. I got Kyle Magda all the way up in PA. How are we doing, Kyle? Hey, Rowdy, good to be here. Uh, good to be on the show. Uh, got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, you have made it to Daytona. I am seeing things back in the Northeast and uh, got a lot going. So, uh, you know, Phoenix Test this week, so it's just been a lot, pretty busy. Well, guys, the weather is, uh, as I always say, when it's perfect, Chamber of Commerce weekend. If you've never been to the 24 hours, this will be the weekend to bring it. It, Kyle, everything, parking's full, camping's full, uh, cars are on display. A lot of people here on Thursday night. Weather's going to be perfect. Still general admission seats in the in the grandstands, but the big story is in it. It all happens, Kyle. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, hopefully you keep all the warm weather down there. Uh, we need some up here. Uh, we, let's just talk briefly about our guests tonight. We got three guests lined up, Rowdy. Uh, 7.05 p.m., 6.05 p.m. Central. We got Jack O'Connor calling from Area Auto Racing News. Uh, talk about his season, what he's doing. And then at 7.20 Eastern, 6.20 Central, FrenchStretch.com rider Mark Crystal calls back into the show. And Rowdy, we had a late edition. Uh, we have Phil Alloway calling in later as well, uh, after Mark. So, uh, yeah, we got three really good riders lined up tonight to talk about some racing, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, what better way to start the season now with the guys that tell the story, Kyle? Yeah, it's good to have, uh, you know, two of those three guys down there already. Uh, you know, Jack lives in Florida. Phil's down there for the Rolex 24. So uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's good to have those those angles. I know Phil's a big uh, road course guy. Um, you know, I've run into him, you know, several times before we know each other. You know, he was your neighbor at Gateway in the media center. So, uh, yeah, Rowdy, um, just a lot going on. And I know he just interviewed Haley Deegan uh, recently um, running the Michelin pilot race. Um, I think that's, that's been the big news down there lately. So, um, you know, that big announcement with Dorsport Racing going to Ford and Haley Deegan joining them. So, uh, Rowdy, what, what have been some storylines down there from Daytona so far? What, what have you seen? Kyle, I'm just going to tell you, it's impressive. I started this journey, I think, first Rolex was five years ago. And to look and see how it's developed just in the short time here, just the 61st running of the, of the series here at Daytona, it's incredible. It, it's a, a, just to say they, 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 they're packing the house, the infield down here. Now, you know, I like to go up and watch the very start of the race, Kyle, Saturday in the grandstands. And we're usually at the very top level. There's only 30 rows keeping us from the very top. And it is a spectacular place to watch the start. We spend about an hour up. And then I'll periodically through the night, I asked Phil, was he going to try to make it all night? He says, well, he's going to try, but he... I think he said he's only been. We'll let him tell, but it, it's a Kyle. It's a it, it, it's something that you can try, but very few. I guess the guys on the teams do it, but uh, Phil says he thinks uh, three to eight's the best time a.m. to watch the race. Well, it's when it most happens. But uh, Kyle, we got three guests and, and looking forward to having them on tonight, my man. 
Got a nice lineup tonight, Rowdy. Uh, you know, um, and we got Jack calling here shortly, and then uh, Mark Crystal uh, returning to the show. So Holloway, first time guest. So uh, yeah, Rowdy, we got them all lined up tonight. Uh, one, two, three, as we I guess we could say. So uh, it's been good. Um, you know, uh, Rowdy, uh, just before uh, before Jack calls in here, uh, just had a was at the Motorsports Show, and uh, Rowdy, we have our first guest on the line right now. I'll let you introduce him. All right, everyone. Uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Jack O'Connor from Area Auto Racing News to the Rowdy Maglite Show for the first time. How's it going? Not bad, boys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to the conversation. Yeah, Jack, I know I told you Rowdy normally introduces everything. Um, I guess he wanted me to do it. Um, but uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, first question for you is, uh, I mean, what what have you seen so far this year? You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of racing going on, but there's been a lot of announcements from tracks and everything. Uh, I mean, what what have you taken so far from the racing season, you know, the indoor races and the Chili Bowl? Well, obviously, you know, it's, you know there ain't much of an off-season, as, as, as we all know now. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, the, the Chili Bowl a couple weeks ago, we had the first the uh, Indoor race in Allentown a few weeks ago. Motorsports, uh, you know, we got the Rolex 24 this weekend. Uh, you know, it seems like, a, you know, a, a lot. I, I, I've taken away so far from some of the announcements. You know, it seems like there's just, you know, a lot of good going on in racing. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, definitely a, a, good, a good thing for, for all of us. A lot of positive announcements, it seems like. And uh, one thing that I really, um, one of the big announcements that I saw was, uh, you know, buddy of mine from the Northeast, Brett Deo, owner of the Short Track Super Series, uh, um, owns three racetracks, Fonda, uh, Georgetown, and um, he uh, is, um, they're going, uh, being owned by NASCAR now, so that's really good for the Northeast Dirt Modified, so, that, you know, that's definitely one big announcement that, you know, I've taken away so far. So let's talk about last season. Um, I know you and I were chatting a little bit the other night. Um, you were at New Egypt a lot. Uh, I mean, other than New Egypt, um, where else were you able to get to? Uh, I know I've been to New Egypt as well. Um, you know, with some new ownership from the Grossos. Uh, I mean, what, what? I mean, well, how did your year go last year? And what are some events that you covered? Yeah, definitely. It was. I, I had a very fun year. Um, you know, uh, I was working a job in the summer um, that had me working. You know, Fridays and Saturdays. So. It was kind of really hard for me to get out that much just because, you know, ha- having to work the job. But like you mentioned, I was at New Egypt a lot because it was only an hour away. So, you know, I was able to get off work at 5 o'clock and, you know, quickly get there just in time for hot laps and stuff. And, you know, Bridgeport was about an hour away from where I was living in Jersey as well. So, you know, if New Egypt wasn't running, I'd go to Bridgeport. But other than that, um, I covered uh, Bristol, the World of Outlaws stuff earlier this year. Uh, that was a lot of fun, Bristol. You know, as you know, Kyle, you said you've been there before. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, I did a, an asphalt modified race up at Stafford Motor Speedway. They have a big race called the Spring Sizzler. Did that last April. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, did we support the, the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Race? That was on a Sunday. So I, after I got done with work Saturday, then drove up there Saturday night and, you know, got there for Sunday. Um, did uh, the first race that I did this year, I did Lincoln for the icebreaker or, or last year for me, the first race was Lincoln for the icebreaker. So I got around a little bit, but not as much as, you know, in the years past, but you know, it was a pretty positive season, I'd say. So you, you mentioned all these racetracks. I mean, what are you looking to do this year? Um, I know you and I were chatting a little bit about it. I mean, what are, what are your plans? You know, you, you live in Florida, um, you know, is Daytona looking like it's going to happen for you? I mean, I don't know how far do you live from there. And I know, I think you said you're at the Snowball Derby as well. Yeah, it's just um, with Area Auto, obviously, it's kind of based out of the Northeast. So, you know, a lot of the interest is, you know, Northeast kind of racing. But they also, you know, they cover national stuff. There's national things in the paper. And, you know, they, all, they cover like big national events. So, the first race I'm targeting to do is next week at Alltech Speedway, uh, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. We'll be there for a few days. I, I plan on going to that. That's about three hours from my house. And then the following week is the Short Track Super Series is there. Um, and then other than that, I'm not really sure right now. I'm going to kind of put a list of races together, you know, send it to the guys at Area Auto and kind of see. It's just, you know, like I said, you know, it's just since it's the papers based out of Jersey, you know, a lot of the interest is in the Northeast, but we do, you know, have, you know, big national special events that, 
you know, the writers cover. So I'll, I'll look at some races, send them a list, see what, you know, they would want me to do. And then obviously at the end of the year, I'll probably be at the Snowball Derby. I'm an hour and a half from Pensacola. So there'd be no, and I've covered that race before. So there'd be no reason why I shouldn't be there. I have one more question for you before I hand it to Rowdy. You being a Jersey guy, uh, Flemington Speedway. I mean, what have you, what have you heard about it? What do you know about it? Um, what have you seen about it? Oh boy. Uh, we could be here all day with some of the stories I've heard, but you know, my dad, Growing up, you know, he was obviously a big race fan since he was a kid. And, you know, as he got into his teenage years and early 20s, uh, one of his his, uh, his best friend raced a, uh, a modified at Flemington and back in, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s. So he'd go every week with him. And, you know, some of the, some of the stories I've heard there, I, some of them probably aren't really good to stay on the air. But uh, I've heard a lot of great things about that place. The, I've heard that about the atmosphere, how crazy it was like my dad told me like you know the fair they used to have a big fair going on there they had the races there and they'd have to drive the trailers like up through the fair and you know you're trying not to run run anybody over you know it's uh yeah i've heard some some great things about that i hate that you know i wasn't around you know for when it was up and open but uh you know it's it's cool to you know hear some of the old stories for sure hi jack you got rowdy here uh you you kind of uh, started your love of uh, racing in go-karts. How did you transition and when you felt like you wasn't going to be a driver, you would try to be a rider? Well, well, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, You know, like, like you mentioned, I raced the go-karts for about seven years. And, um, you know, since my dad's friend was running a modified down or UMP modified down here, down South, um, I was working on him. I'd come down for the dirt car nationals and stuff and, you know, work, work on his cars. And I've worked on a couple Northeast modified teams and stuff. And, you know, in terms of a career path, I mean, I don't really know anything else. Racing from some I've been around my whole life. The driving part, I knew, well, I wasn't going to make it there because, you know, the amount of money and, and funding that's required. And, um, working on a team, like going down south to say working NASCAR for a cup team or something, thing it's you know i don't mind going and helping people on a saturday night working on their race car and but you know for a career it was wasn't really something that i was really interested in so for me the next best thing was the media and uh i never thought i i'd be good at it i didn't know i had an ability to write and you know i kind of remember sending that first story to Ari auto and then i thought the editor was like me well kid you know maybe you should go do something else but you know, it's been a fun ride the last four years, and I've enjoyed it, and I kind of, you know, made, found my career path, I guess. This is, you know, the, the media is, you know, what I want to be in. So, uh, you you was at the uh, Snowball Derby. What a weekend. What Tim Bryant and that group has done with the Snowball Derby is pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I went in 2020. Um yeah, it, it, the you know the the management team, everybody at Five Flags does an incredible job putting that event on, and you know there's so many cars and so many people. You know, I got a lot of great stories from there when I went there in 2020. I got to interview Chase Elliott because he came back and ran. That was a lot of cool. That was cool. You know, that was a, you know a couple months off of winning the Cup Series championship, and you know, and it was just a fun atmosphere. So yeah, they they definitely do a great job there, and I'll look forward to maybe being back there this December. wanted to ask you one more thing um you know you and i were kind of chatting about this last time you know during the empa convention um where, yep. where do you think the media is with the younger generation right now i know you and i were you know i asked mike joy this but i want to i want to hear what you have to say because i mean where do you think the the generation of younger media is right now in the racing industry well, I think, you know, the game has changed so much, you know, from what it used to be. It used to be like, I know Mike was mentioning how it kind of went, you know, from print publications like Aerial Auto and, 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 you know, that's how you would get your start. But, you know, now it seems like a lot of people, you know, they're almost going to the races, you know, kind of reporting for themselves, starting kind of their own enterprises. And you got guys on YouTube doing stuff, you know, guys on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or guys like like you guys right here, you know, do, doing this podcast. So, you know, I think uh, 
it's all kind of moving to the to the digital age, and it just seems like that's where the younger generation is right now, and it, it, it seems like that's the way it's going to be probably for the future. You know, they're kind of, you know, some people, you slap them upside the head with a newspaper, they ain't even going to know what it is. So, you know, it's all kind of transitioning to digital right on the phone there. You know, you can... It's easy to interview people right on the phone. You film it and stuff, and you just upload it, and it's right online. You know, people don't got to read, like, an article that might not, you know, from a print publication. It's going to, you know, you might get a paper in the mail, you know, two, three days after, you know, after, you know, it comes out. You know, you're not going to be able to see it right away. But now, you know, you go to a race, you film an interview, you put it on social media, they can look at it right away. So, like I said, it's all going to that digital platform, it seems like. And so, Jack, with that being said, what do you think uh, about Stars National Series? If you're going to start a series, would you say media availability that now would be the time for that? What do you think about the Stars Series? Well, um, yeah. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but um, I, I, I'm not really too familiar with, with the series, but I think, you know, um, it, I think every series, you know, needs to kind of have more of a digital pre, uh, digital presence for sure because, you know, if they want to reach out to the, that younger audience, you know, that's the way you reach out to them. So I think it, it wouldn't really hurt for every series, you know, boost up that Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram pages, you know, and connect with that younger generation because, you know, the younger generation, you know, like me, like Kyle, you know, we're the future. You know, you got to get this younger generation involved. So I think, you know, it doesn't hurt for everybody. You know, they got to promote the best they can and, and connect with that younger generation. Jack, before we let you go, um, how can they follow you? How can they follow your work? Uh, you know, what are what are some of the outlets? Um, you know, Area Auto. Uh, what, what, what's what's the best way they can follow you and keep up with all your stuff? Well, the best way to to follow me, uh, I'm active on Instagram. The Instagram, uh, my my Instagram username is J O'Connor Racing, just J O Connor Racing. And uh, yeah, I, I'm on Facebook. You know, you can look me up, Jack O'Connor. Add me as a friend, and you know, we could keep in touch. And obviously, I'm I'm in Aerial Auto. You know, more kind of sporadically than normal. You know, in the past, I've been in there every week, but now I'm kind of you know in there every once in a while just because of being down south here. But you know, you can catch my articles in there, you know, when I go cover an event for sure. Well, Jack, it was nice having you on. Uh, Rowdy's at the Rolex 24 right now, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you soon. You know, good seeing you at EMPA, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you sooner than later. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks, Jack. All right, see you. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road that I realize I'm at the wrong track. Wow. Well, Kyle, I, you know, as I said, when you're live, sometimes you've got to deal with the noise. So uh, I appreciate Jack spending a few minutes calling in, talking about his season coming up, Kyle. We're waiting on Mark now. Thank Mark. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, Jack was really good. Um, wasn't really sure how that was going to go, and Brad, do you want to bring our next guest on? I can, Kyle. One, I'd like to welcome back to the Saudi Backlight Show, Mark Crystal. Mark, right to the front stretch, and uh, we're right, getting ready for the 2023 season. Mark, how you, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm getting giddy for the, the season. The entry list came out for the class today, so that means racing is just around the corner. Uh, that's February the 5th, is that correct? I believe so. Man, you know, I had my doubts about that last year, uh, Mark, but 
Uh, they sure proved me wrong, and I'm glad they did. It was, they put on a great show. They really did. They really did. And I'm looking forward to uh, watching it this year. So, uh, Mark, what do you think about the season starter here at, at Daytona being another sellout so quick? That's great. It, 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 it shows that it shows that NASCAR fans are dedicated, and Daytona is still the premier race for NASCAR. Uh, like IndyCar has the 8500, which is known worldwide. The Daytona 500 is known worldwide, and it's the it's it's the beginning of this season. It's arguably the the crown jewel on the schedule, and uh, credit to NASCAR fans for remaining loyal through to the sport. Well, you know, I think rolling in here at Daytona, the big story is Jimmy Johnson back in a car trying to make the race. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many stories for 2023. Kyle Busch with Richard Childress has to be at the top of that list. Ty Gibbs, Rookie of the Year, Jimmy Johnson back in racing, Tyler Reddick taking over the 45 car full-time after Kurt Busch announced his retirement. There's other driver changes, but those are the, for the cup, those are the main ones that stand out. And I think Daytona is going to be, and listen, this is year two of the next gen. I was talking to someone yesterday who said the cup drivers have now had a year under their belts with this next gen car. So the racing should only get better because they now know what they can and can't do. So hopefully we see faster in racing and, uh, it would be hard to top that level of competition last year with the number of winners, but I think this year the drivers are going to be really good for it. Well, uh, you know, 19 different winners. That, that, I found that pretty impressive for the new car. Absolutely. So, Mark, what's your first NASCAR event that you'll be attending? Oh, to be determined, Rowdy. Uh, hopefully, hopefully going to cover a lot of ARCA races as the ARCA editor for the site, and it will be a it'll be a blessing to be back at the track. Uh, hopefully, with warmer weather and uh, see Frankie Munoz and all the other ARCA stars um, wheeling their cars. Well, what about that lineup? I was it sixty-two drivers at testing. Yeah, sixty-something uh, sounds about right to me. And there was a lot of obviously the test is different than the race because some people are doing it for just the licensing, others are doing it for preparing for the race, uh, others are doing it to see, you know, how is the team they're drafting what unfolded, things of that nature. But Venturini, again, when they drafted, they were fast. They they won a little bit six straight at Daytona. And, man, there's really good odds that they're going to pull off number seven here in, what is it, about a month, give it or take. Hi, Mark. You have Kyle here. First of all, thanks for coming back on the Rowdy Maglite Show. I always appreciate you coming on. Uh, before My I get pleasure. to the Arca Menard Series questions, uh, First question for you is kind of a follow-up from what Rowdy and you were talking about. It's a two-part question. Number one, do you think Kyle Busch is going to win a race for Richard Childress racing this year? And number two, do you think Tyler Reddick is now a legitimate championship threat to win the title now that he's with 2311 racing? So for front stretch, we will be the week before the Daytona 500 unveiling our preseason, I believe it's top 30. And when I sat down and went through my list, I placed Kyle Busch at number 17, the first driver to miss the playoffs. I do not think he's going to win a race this year. Keep in mind, his Bristol dirt victory last year was because the top two drivers, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe, tangled on the last lap. If they don't tangle, Busch finishes third in that race, no questions asked. 
I do think he's going to be competitive, obviously, but there are changes within the within who he's dealing with. Obviously, he's never dealt with Chevrolet, the people at Chevrolet in terms of Richard Childress Racing uh, employees, as well as he never was really a threat to thoroughly – he never went out and – had a race last year where even though he didn't come home victorious, she went, that was Kyle Busch's race to lose. So I don't think he's going to win a race, race in 2023. That's my hot take. I think he's going to be winless. Regarding Tyler Reddick, absolutely. I think he instantly, in my opinion, is a championship four contender. That team, 2311, Kurt Busch won, and he was on pace for a really good season when his unfortunate injury happened at Pocono. Bubba Wallace went out and won a race, the second one at Kansas, and then Ty Gibbs at Michigan nabbed a top 10. And I really think with a second year with that team, everybody's now learned the next-gen car. There is another street, or there is another course in the form of a street course, the Chicago street course, which Tyler Reddick is very good at road course racing. I think he is, he has to be a championship four favorite, if not a favorite to win it all, because he has two Xfinity championships under his belt. And even though those came at Homestead Miami as a championship four race, he, those show me, he's no stranger to the limelight. And he will have, if he makes it to the championship for a race, he will not falter due to overwhelming pressure. He will be cool and collected, and I think he's going to be in for a really good season. If he didn't already have a good season in 2022, I think he's going to surpass it for you. So my next question for you is, let's drop down to the NASCAR Trinity Series here. Uh, You know, there's some drivers coming up from trucks. Uh, Chandler Smith, one of them. Uh, got a few others as well. Um, who do you think right now is the favorite to win that title? I mean, you have Sammy Smith who's going to be full-time. You have John Hunter Nemechek who's going to be full-time for Gibbs. Uh, Brandon Jones is going to be in the nine car that's run very well. Josh Berry is going to be back. Justin Allgaier is going to be back. So, I mean, is it is it looking like maybe that, you know, that the title is either going to come from Gibbs or Junior Motorsports again this season? Gibbs and JRM are – the top two were the top two teams in Xfinity last year. If you're looking for somebody outside of that, I think Chandler Smith is a very good choice. He has steadily progressed throughout his career. That number 16, which A.J. Allmendinger just departed to move up to the Cup Series, is a top-notch team. So I think those, the other uh I'm really the name that I'm looking forward to is John Harnemichek. He's he's done Xfinity, he's done trucks, he's done Cup, and he's won in Xfinity and he's won in trucks, and he's taking over a really good car. So I think John Harnemichek, in my opinion, is the favorite. Another driver, actually, just thinking of that, I think is one to watch is Kaz Grala. He's he hasn't had a full-time ride in a while, but he's talented. He's a road course. He's a really good road course racer, which bodes well with all the road courses. And Sam Hunt, as John Hanimacek showed in some races last year, if I recall, Sam Hunt has good equipment. So I think Kaz Glala is somebody that, if you're looking for a spoiler to the party of somebody who could run the tables, Kaz Glala is for me, is the guy who could do it. A uh, lot of lot of talent, a team that's growing, and an owner that is committed to running well. It Last year, I think, was an opener for that team having really high potential, and Kaz Gala could be the driver that puts it all together for them and takes them to the next level of playoffs and that sort of thing. So let's get to the Arkham and Art Series questions. Um, we just had Connor Mostock on this week. You know, he's talking about his Arca deal with Joe Gibbs Racing, running the test. Uh, I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, but what, what were your overall impressions from the test? You know, with so many drivers being down there, and 
Um, I mean, you know, is Venturini looking like the team to beat when we do the roll in Daytona in February? Venturini is undoubtedly the team to beat. They expect to win. They've won a lot. And they have four drivers. So, for drafting purposes, four is four is more than one, right? Now, as far as others who could – others who will be in contention – Greg Van Ost and Christian Rose both left the test after Friday because they were so confident in their race cars, they didn't feel they needed the additional testing time. So that right there tells me they're very confident for the races, for the race at Daytona. Uh, depending on who Rev Racing fields, they you – know, Nick Sanchez won last year at Talladega, so if Nick Sanchez is in the car – Reigning Arca champ. Uh, I don't know. In my opinion, he is the leading candidate to drive that too. But we remain to we remain for the team to make an official announcement. And then Connor Mozak, obviously, he's experienced. Although I don't know that Mozak necessarily has the super speedway experience to run up front. But with the drafting, and we all expect a big one at some point. So if you survive the big one. You know, odds are really good. And then I was just talking to him this week. Willie Mullins talked about how for, you know, the underfunded underdog teams that this is an opportunity for them to go get a victory. He said they're expecting to have two chances to win. They have Brayton Laster in the 03 and Willie Mullins in the 3. And then the other driver who he's – He's remaining coy about where he got his equipment, but he's extremely confident, is Tony Costantino. He doesn't have a ton of experience at – I don't know if he has any super speedway experience, but he said his equipment is really good. He said he wouldn't have jumped into ARCA full-time if he didn't think he could contend for top tens, top fives immediately. And then we're, all, we're also forgetting – Hey, Malcolm in the middle of the three wide, Frankie Munoz, where I don't know what Munoz is going to do. My ex- I'm very curious to see how he does because while he gained the experience in the test session, you know, like in practice for any major sport, practice is one thing, but when those lights come on and the intensity ramps up and everybody gets serious, will he, will he be able to you know, handle the drafting, handle the the wake, handle the shifting lanes. Those are all things that I don't think he can say he's confident, and he rightly should. He gained the test. It's good. He's got good equipment. But until you actually do it for real, it's still an unknown. So I'm very intrigued to see how he does. So those are the drivers that for Daytona I have my eyes on because for Daytona, as in pretty much every year, Daytona brings a large crop of drivers to the field, and those drivers are all hungry. It's, it'll be a different story when you go to other short tracks that Arca goes to, Elko, Berlin, Iowa, et cetera. So my last question for you is uh, Daytona on the horizon, the Daytona Arca 200. Um, I'll give you my favorite. Uh, I have Gus Dean, who's actually going to be on our show on Tuesday, seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. Um, I mean, I like, I just like the Venerini cars, like you were saying. But I mean, who who are you picking right now? If you if I if you had to pick a driver, who who do you think is going to take home the Daytona Arca race at the end of the day? Uh, Gus Dean would probably be my top choice as well. But if I'm not going to go with Gus. Gustine, because you chose him. I'm going to go with Greg Van Oft. He's looking for sponsorship. He's he's extremely confident for Daytona. They they worked on the car. They're committed to running well. They're hopeful that if they run well, they can gain more sponsorship and continue to improve their program. So, uh, what the heck? I will take. Greg Van Ellis to get his first career victory at Daytona. I know that would also be, for him, it would be a dream come true because that's something that he's really wanted, is his first arc of victory. Boy, that'd be a big shot in the arm for that team, Mark. Absolutely. Mark, tell everybody where they can keep up with you 
all yours. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter. Um, first name Mark, last name K R I S T L. And then you can find my work as well as Fun Stretch. We're rolling out some really neat pieces now with uh, unveiling our 75 greatest NASCAR drivers this week. So I encourage everybody to come check us on FunStretch.com. And then with the season rolling around, I expect us to continue to uh, have stellar YouTube videos where we're catching drivers, catching some drivers, Post-race, you know, if a driver is unfortunately involved in a wreck, maybe catch their thoughts on what happened and have more captivating content that uh, fans can tune in on. So make sure to check out Frenchfish on Twitter. Uh, all the support is greatly appreciated. Mark, I appreciate you taking time, calling in. Looking forward to seeing you at the track, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and... Enjoy the Rolex 24 this weekend. I bet it's warmer than here where there's snow on the ground. (laughs) It is definitely a nice weekend here coming up. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, boys. All right, Kyle. You'd like me to bring in our next guest there, Kyle? Sure, let's bring him on. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome first-time caller. So the Rowdy Maglite Show, he's here also after 24 hours covering this, the race. Phil Alloway. Welcome, Phil. Hello, Rowdy. Welcome. Thanks for having me on Thanks. tonight. Well, you know, Phil, we were sitting at, you know, Rolex served a nice dinner tonight for all the media and photographers, and we were talking about the race, and I'm like, I mean, you know, Phil, a rider has so much passion. He puts it. He puts it down, and just to be able to talk to you a while ago, I'm like, we got to get this guy on. Phil, how many years has it been that you've been coming to the Rolex? You told me. Um, this is my tenth Rolex 24. Uh, I missed. I missed three in the past uh, 14. I mean 13. I missed 14, 15, and uh, 21. But this is my tenth one. Phil, the progression from. You're, when you first started to see him coming in tonight, what what a big difference, huh? Oh yes, there are a lot more fans here now. Um, there's a lot more displays. Um, car count's gone up and down over the years. Um, this year we had 61, like last year, which is tied for the second most of the uh, Rolex races races since 11. But um, this is probably one of the stoutest deals that I've probably ever covered. Well, uh, you know, Taylor's still at the top with the Acras, isn't he? Once you get there and you got the recipe, you know how to stay up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Acras so, have been – the new Acras ahead, have Bill. been really, really good so far. Bill's uh, – so we got yep. to see last year, uh, we was at uh, Worldwide Technology together. What do you think about NASCAR up at Gateway at Worldwide Technology? Oh, uh, I didn't really know what to expect going in. I was When I committed to do it, I, to cover the event, I admittedly did it for selfish reasons, to, to visit family and check out something that hadn't been done before. And I thought they did I, – I think there's, there were some growing pains, but the racing was decent. Um, you, had a, you had a very good crowd there. I, I think for a first time having the Cup Series there, I think Gateway did a good job. And, and they're com- combining it this year with Open Wheel. Uh, yeah, that, that should be really, really nice. <laughs> I mean, it gives – it gives the crowd. It gives everyone basically something to do. You're not just sitting around all day. Um, I mean, it's it's great to see. Well, here we are at the Rolex 24. NASCAR seems to be going to a lot of road courses. What do you think about Chicago? 
Um, the street course, um, yes. that's going to be a very interesting race. Um, what you have, you have a very wide road course. This isn't going to be narrow city streets. Everything's like a four-lane road. So you're going to have room to maneuver around. Um, there's going to be some bumping and bashing and so on and so forth. Um, it's going to be an interesting race to watch. I don't think it's going to be as ridiculous as the sim race that NASCAR did in 21, but I think it'll be worth watching. I consider going, but um, I haven't figured out what I'm going to, whether I'm going to do that or not. So, uh, will you be back for the Daytona 500? We didn't get to talk about that earlier. Um, I will not be in Daytona for the 500. A number of my colleagues will, but I will not be here. What's your What's your plans for the year, Bill? Um, coverage wise, um, it's going to be spread out between NASCAR and uh, IMSA. I know there will be at least four to five IMSA race weekends I'll cover on on site. Um, for NASCAR, my current plan is to start with the truck weekend at Texas along with the NTT IndyCar Series. Um, I'll probably be back at Gateway. I'll try to do a couple of the Northeastern races. And um, I'll figure everything out from there. It's still a little early to get that planned out. Hi, Phil. You have Kyle here. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming on the Rowdy Maglite Show. I uh, always appreciate uh, having, you know, uh, colleagues on. Uh, first question for you is, uh, you know, I, I know you and I have talked a lot, but uh, I know you said you were in St. Louis. Uh, were you able to make it out to uh, Bush Stadium by any chance? I know you're such a big sports fan. I was not able to do so, but um, I am tentatively planning to do that with my dad in May. So um, I'm going to check that out with my dad and my Aunt Linda, and that's going to be fun. I like going to baseball games. Yeah, I always see your pictures, you know, of, of Angel Stadium and other places you've been, and, you know, it just amazes me. But uh, next question for you is um, your thoughts on qualifying for the Rolex 24. Um, they're back to time trialing. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Did you like the qualifying races? Did you not like the qualifying races? Or where do you stand on that? My understanding is that they went back to just regular qualifying, mainly because there's so many new cars and lack of parts and so on and so forth. My guess is the qualifying race is going to be back next year. I don't have a problem with it. It's interesting. Um, I mean, they pretty much created the qualifying race to cut down on the whole sandbagging thing. So... And to be honest, having qualifying during the roar basically does tries to erase that as well. I don't really have a problem with it. I'm, I'm a little surprised that the poll uh, was as fast as it was. It was three thousandths of a second faster than last year. Um, I'm pretty happy. So uh, you've done some PR work for tracks. Uh, I know you and I have chatted. You know, you've been to Lebanon Valley Speedway. You know how much I like dirt now. Um, I mean, what mm-hmm. are you still going to be with them? Uh, what's what's the rest of, you know, what's, um, what's going on with them? My plan is that I'm still going to be with the Valley for 2023. And um, as far as I know, the season is due to start April 29th up there. Um they haven't indicated anything otherwise, so if you're um, well inclined, you can watch those races on internet pay-per-view via DirtTrackDigest.tv. Um, they're typically around 17 to $20, if I remember correctly. Um, there are some changes to the actual track this year. They did not cut the banking, but they widened out the apron. Uh, it remains to be seen what that's ultimately going to look like because they haven't had cars on the track since they did that. Um, the banquets for Lebanon Valley from last season aren't until March. So, um, and we 
the track doesn't have a full season release yet, but they have released the major date. Two dates for the Super Dirt Car Series. Uh, there's the King of Spring event on uh, Memorial Day. And there's Mr. Dirt Track USA Labor Day weekend. Um, they'll have their annual Eva Destruction in June. And the return of Monster Trucks first weekend of August. It, it should be a good year. I'm hoping for it. So my last question for you is, uh, you know, um, where do you think the state of dirt track racing is right now? Because, you know, I, I know you, you probably saw with, with some of the uncertainty of the racetracks here in Pennsylvania, Grandview Speedway, uh, up in New York, uh, you know, a five-mile closing, Orange County Speedway coming back. Um, I mean, you know, where, where do you think the state of dirt track racing is right now? I mean, you know, I mean, what have you seen, like, at the track? And, you know, what have you seen from the fans? And have you talked to any fans? And, you know, what have you seen from the crowds? Um. I I do believe that the pandemic in certain ways did hurt dirt racing because a lot of the people that would have ordinarily gone, they might have run into financial problems. Remember, a lot of people got laid off with, when everyone cut back. And sadly, I think dirt racing, a lot of the audience is the kind of people that may not have jobs that you could just do remotely. So a lot of them may not have come back financially as well as well as a lot of other people have. Um, attendance at Lebanon Valley last year was okay. It wasn't horrible. It could be better. I'd like it to be better. Um, and in some classes, you do see some car count issues from time to time. Um, sometimes that decisions to split classes because Car count got too high. Um, for example, Lebanon Valley Sportsman class was hovering around 30 cars towards the end of 2021, but there was a significant amount of difference in skill and experience level between those drivers. So you ended up with races with a whole bunch of cautions, and that led the track to come up with a limited sportsman class for 2022, but they never got that many cars in it. So you'll see some – there's some back and forth in what's going on. The cost to compete in the highest classes on local dirt tracks is rather substantial these days, especially at a place like Lebanon Valley where they race big blocks every week. Big block is an expensive race car. Let's be honest with yourself. The engines are stupid expensive. Um you can only do so much about the cost there. Um, but I know they're trying to help control those. Um, at other tracks, they're not having count problems all that much. For example, Lebanon Valley's sister track, Albany, Saratoga, has decent car count. And in the case of their sportsman class, ridiculous car count because they've averaged over 50 sportsman cars a night since 2012. And because of that, they had to create a limited sportsman class, and they have, like, 26 cars in that class every week. It's, like, 28 sportsmen and 26 limited every week. Um, a lot of times it really kind of depends on the track. Management probably does play a role to a certain extent, but um, a number of these tracks are in situations where – the people that run the track don't own the track because they're part of fairgrounds or something like that. And that's Orange County situation. It's part of a county fairground. And I, I know at one point Chris Hansen was going to try to buy the fairgrounds for himself, but I don't know if that ever happened or not. Of course, Hansen being the guy behind Hallmark International, owns co-owner of Stuart Friesen's Truck and Craftsman Truck Series and uh, Homer International, the construction firm that sponsors Friesen. Um, I mean, some of these guys are in, some of these tracks are in really tough straits because of lack of car count, lack of attendance, taxes, all kinds of stuff. There, there are a myriad of factors. 
So, uh, Phil, tell us everybody yep. where they can keep up with you this year. All right. Um, you can see my writing at frontstretch.com. Um, I'll be in Daytona all weekend bringing you the action. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Critic84. I'm not to my uh, TV columns that I've been writing since 2009. Um, and uh, I have a I have a writing page on Facebook, Writing of Phil Allen. You can uh, follow me on there. I'll have links in there and and videos. For example, earlier today, I interviewed Ashley uh, Heath about her upcoming season her new tips to work for, and that was pretty good. Phil, before we let you go, um, I wanted to ask one more question. Uh, your Cat's Potato Tuesday column. Uh, talk a little bit about that. All right. Basically, I was a year into my time at Front Stretch and wanted a opinion column. And at the time, the column was known as Talking NASCAR TV. And I took it over and more or less made it my own. And I'm going into year number 15 of having the column, and I write about race broadcasts. I write, if I can get interviews with them, I try to I try to do sit-down interviews with some of the honor personalities. Um, for example, I interviewed Rick Allen at Charlotte once, and Jeff Burton, and Kelly Stavis. PM was still in the sport. I interviewed some of their guys. And the idea is I want to be able to, to give readers the best ideas about what they're actually seeing on broadcast. And at the same time, I want the broadcast to be as good as they possibly can be. And, I mean, it's interesting to see how things have changed over the years. During the off-season, I actually went back and looked at some of my old columns, and, I mean, some stuff changes, some stays the same. And I will admit while they don't always, they don't necessarily contact me, the people that are involved with these broadcasts do read what I write, or so I'm told. Well, Phil, man, I appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, talking a little bit. I, of course, I'll see you all this weekend. Right yeah. now. All right, Phil, all right. always. Thanks for being part of the show tonight, Phil. Uh, no problem. Anytime, Rowdy. Have a great night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thank you. Bro. Bye, guys. Oh. All right, Kyle. One hour of talking to writers who bring the story to the to the fans. Rowdy, we had three great guests on tonight. Uh, Jack O'Connor from Area Auto Racing News, Mark Crystal, and Phil Alley, both from FrontStretch.com. Um, all full of information, all wanting to talk, all wanting to talk about racing. So, uh, Rowdy, it's been a, you know, it's been a great show. Um, you know, Rowdy, I know you and I were chatting earlier. You know, we had Connor Mosack on earlier in the week. Uh, you know, if you're up to it, we could play it. If not, no big deal. But, um, Rowdy, uh, I don't know. What do you, what are you thinking? How's Daytona going? What's, what's going on at the racetrack right now? Uh, well, uh, Kyle, I've been trying to find a quiet road. Uh, it's it's been action ever since I got here at three o'clock. I just let up long enough to uh, start the next event, next series. The weather is going to be perfect this weekend, guys. If you've ever had any thoughts of coming, this is the weekend, Kyle. This way to start off twenty-three Yeah, Rowdy, it's a good way to start 2023, uh, a weekend jam-packed with uh, sports car racing. Uh, you know uh, you know what I wanted to ask Phil, and maybe you can ask him, ask him about Haley Deegan. Forgot, completely forgot to ask him about that, Rowdy. Um, he interviewed Haley yeah. Deegan. Um, you know, she's running the Michelin Pilot Race again. So, uh, yeah, if you, get, if, you, you know, you get with Phil, ask him about that, and, um, you know, I, I know his link's up somewhere up on YouTube, and you probably want to check that out as well. Absolutely. Kyle, what, you want to play uh, Connor Mustang? Let's go ahead and play that while we're Yeah, sure, Rowdy.
All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And no stranger calling into the show today. We've got driver of the number 24 Toyota for Sam Hunt Racing, Connor Mosak. Welcome, Connor. Thank you. Man, Connor, uh, Kyle and I have been kind of following you, and you've been on the show. But now for 2023, uh, you've got a 20-race uh, deal with in the Xfinity with Sam Hunt. What, uh, how are you preparing for that? Yeah, I'm really excited to get going with Sam. Um, you know, just been spending time with those guys at the shop and uh, getting a plan together on what we're going to be working on. And, you know, we got um, Tyler Reddick is going to run the first couple races of the year at uh, Fontana in Vegas. So I think that will really help us out having a veteran like him be in the car and kind of help us get going in the right direction. And, um, you know, just being able to work with him and kind of get – notes from him and any you know guidance he may have and you know we're doing stuff on the simulator um before each race and before our test at uh charlotte here in a couple weeks so um should be a good deal well you started out the week with a photo shoot how'd that go <laughs> just a normal old photo shoot i guess you get uh just gotta do what you gotta do sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly uh, now that you're in Xfinity, uh, which you did before, but now your uh, your collectibles, your uh, merchandise, I've seen where you got to deal with a digital card. Yeah, that was um, through a media company I work with, uh, with Race Face Brand Development. They've been um, making those for all the drivers that work with them, so they turned out pretty cool, and um, it's good to see that those are out there and that that's something that fans are interested in. Connor, looking at you at your schedule, is there one particular race that you're looking forward to? Really, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to the tracks that I raced at, you know, in ARCA. Um, you know, it's always good to go back to a place for the second time. Um, but there's also some new tracks I'm excited about. I think um, Nashville is going to be cool, and uh, I'm actually looking forward to going to New Hampshire. Uh, those are two ovals I think I w- I'm going to like, and... Um, also going to have uh, you know eight road courses on the schedule, so it, it's pretty cool to be able to see that many in Xfinity. It's someone who enjoys the road, and uh, I think those will be uh, ones we can perform well at as well. And can you believe eight? That's that's pretty good. I mean, that's a big change, don't you think? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think if you had told people the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series is going to have seven or eight. Road courses, you know, if you told them that five years ago, you know, everyone would have thought you were crazy. But, you know, here we are, and, you know, some people are even saying they're going to continue to add more. So we'll we'll see uh, the direction that they continue to go in. Hey, Connor, you got Kyle here. First of all, thanks again for coming on the Rowdy Magalite Show. Greatly appreciate it. First time in 2023. Uh, first question for you is uh, talk a little bit about how the Daytona ARCA test went. Um you were there with JGR. Um, how was that? And um, how are the ARCA side of things looking for you this year? Do you know um, yet exactly what you're doing? Yeah, the, the ARCA test was good. Um, it was good to work with the JGR guys. It's a really good group, and they have a really fast car. It was good to work with uh, William Swalich, who's down there with us. And um, we got to try different things on each one of our cars, and then um, we were able to do some drafting, just me and him, for a little bit. And uh, every time we went out, we were – um, I think we were the fastest car on single car speed, and then one that was just the two of us, we were the fastest again. And um, then we did some drafting in some bigger groups just to see how uh, the car handled in, in traffic, and and everything seemed fine. It, you know, everything was was good. I was happy with everything I felt and, and everything I saw. So I think it'll be a good race. Um, unfortunately, we won't have William as a teammate in the race, so it's going to be hard to find someone to work with us um even though we do have a fast car so we'll just hopefully somebody will recognize that and and uh use that to their advantage and we can work together with somebody but um as far as the rest of the races uh yeah we, i'm gonna have six with those guys uh basically all the the tracks big tracks except for talladega so it'll be daytona uh both kansas races charlotte michigan pocono and michigan yep so those six 
you said you were looking forward to going back to those tracks a second time. I mean, do you have more confidence now that you have that track time and you're going to be in a really good car when you do go to the ARCA side of things? Absolutely, because, you know, a lot of the times I went there last year, it was my first time seeing a place. So you kind of, you know, spend the first half of the race learning how the track changes and also how the car is going to change and, and how to anticipate that. And then the second half of the race, we were always fast. So it was just we were too far back or didn't have the track position that we needed. Um, so I think it'll be it'll be great just to show up and already kind of have those things together and be able to have that speed from the very very beginning um, and then really race for the win instead of just kind of being out there and learning the place and then kind of racing at the end. So um, that's really why I'm looking forward to going back. My next question for you is uh, you ran with Brett Holmes a little bit in the Arkham Menard Series. You were leading some of the races. Um, what was it like to run up front in those races, and um, how are your restarts? Um, how, I mean, how, are, how, do you, how have you been doing with them? Uh, have you been practicing them at all? I mean, what, what do you do uh, when you, you, you do get a late race situation like that? Yeah, it's um, felt, you know, it always feels good to lead laps, uh, you know, especially in Pocono is probably our best showing. Um, we had stayed out on some motor tires, and we knew track position was really important there, so we decided to stay out and see what we could do. And uh, I think it was just me and one other guy that were out on their own old tires, so we were able to beat him and, and grab the lead, and um, two cars was behind us. It was definitely better tires, and he was the better car, but we were able to just block his air and, and uh, hold him off for a while until, unfortunately, we caught lap traffic like the worst possible place at Pocono in the middle of turn two, so we had to give up the lead there. But, um, you know, it definitely showed we have the speed to run there, and uh, especially, you know, running in a JGR car, I think it will just be that much easier to, to be up there and to hold them off. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then as far as restarts go, you know, I feel feel good about my restarts, especially in, in the ARCA car. Um, you know, of course, everyone's going to have – some mistakes and, and miss it sometimes, but that's what you're trying to minimize and, and um, just maximize the speed you have there because that's where a lot of the passing can be done with how hard it is to pass at some of these places. So getting up on the wheel and being aggressive on those restarts is really important. And, um, you know, I try to run as many late model races and um, short track races as I can. And those guys are really, really good at restarts, you know, the guys up front there. So that's a great place to really practice it and hone your skills there. My last question for you is uh, you made your Xfinity Series debut with Joe Gibbs Racing in a Toyota, and you're now under the Toyota banner. Um, you know, what was that conversation like, you know, trying to figure out what manufacturer to go to and now, you know, uh, you settling with Toyota for the season? Yeah, and ever since I ran um, that, that race with Gibbs, that was really the first ever thing I had done with Toyota. And then um, when I ran the race with Sam Hunt, um you know, we kind of started some conversations after that and then uh, really through Sam about running his car. And once we kind of got to where we were going to run over half of the season with Sam, then uh, Toyota was interested and, and wanted to help out. So that was a big part of why we went there. And, you know, there wasn't anybody else that was really, you know, sticking their hand out for us. So um, I'm thankful to Toyota that, you know, they were there to help us and, um, you know, their facilities and everything that they have to all have everything that they have to offer is uh, really better than anybody else's. So I'm I'm happy to be with them, and hopefully we can go make the most of it next year, or the rest of this year. Connor, I think it's a great time to be a driver for Toyota myself. I mean, uh, right there, you're right there in the thick of it. One last question. What's your uh, feelings about driving? I mean, just take the possibility of Jimmy Johnson coming down and driving and racing in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty cool. You know, race against somebody like him, and you know, Dell Junior is going to run at least one race. So, um, anytime you can race against Cup guys, is always you know something you you want a shot at. One to see how you run against them and how you stack up, but also to learn from them and um, to get better yourself. That'd be the time to file in behind and lag, lag, lag log in some laps, wouldn't it? It would be. Hopefully, you can ride behind him for a little bit and, and learn what, what he does and then use it to beat him. 
All right, let's talk about uh, the guys at the shop and the sponsors that helps you go. Yeah, um, you know, of course, got to thank Sam Hunt and uh, his whole team, my crew chief, Chris Bowen. I'm really looking forward to our first race together, and uh, I think he did a great job over at Our Motorsports last year, and I'm excited to see what he can do at an organization like Sam's and, uh, you know, with a consistent, more consistent driver in the seat all year. Uh, I think that'll be really exciting, and uh, I think, of course, got to thank Toyota for their support and their help with Sam and, and me, and um, we're still working on some sponsor stuff for the rest of the year, but um, do you have to thank Nick Taylor, Interstate Foam and Supply, and Open Eyes. Uh, they were with us for a lot of races last year and will be for a few more this year, so um, definitely wouldn't be here without those guys, and got to give them a big thank you. What about where they can keep up with you? 2023 season this year? Yeah, um, my schedule is going to be on my website, connormozakracing.com, as well as I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Connor Mozak, and Facebook is at Connor Mozak Racing. Connor, I'm excited for you. Looking forward to seeing you at the track this year. Thanks a lot for stopping by today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it.